So today's message is titled, Start with Joy. Say, Start with Joy. Start with Joy. So, if you notice, every single thing that people do, every single thing that you do, every single thing that I do, is ultimately to be happy. Whatever it is, right? Where are you going to school? To be rich, right? <laughs> that makes me laugh, actually, right? Because there's someone in this room right now, you know? You know when your parents ask you when you're a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? One particular person over there uh, used to say, oh, rich, was her response. What do you want to be when you grow up rich, right? Um, but why, we go to school, why? It really is to be happy. Why do you want to be rich? To be happy. To be happy. Every single thing. Why, why did you come here? Why, well, I want to be happy, Right? Everything that we do is tied to happiness, which, by the way, is joy. Uh, happiness and joy are really the same thing because uh, whatever, you know, I've, I've heard before, you know, um, well, I, I myself have probably said this in the past where it's like joy is like the real deep thing and happiness is the stuff on the top. Like, you know, you need to be happy but not have joy. It's not true. It's, it's, it's fake smiles. That's what it is. It's not happiness. True happiness it's based on joy. It's, it's, it's really based on us being completely happy and satisfied with, without question. Right? So this is the reason and the motivation for every action that a, that a person takes in a given day is to find joy. It's to be satisfied. It's to be happy. Right? But the funny thing is, even us as believers, the first thing that leaves us when something goes wrong is our joy. So, so, t- so you know, Take note of this, right? Like we do everything. We do everything on a given day or whatever we're doing in our lives in, in, this, in a long-term process. We're doing it to have joy. We're like, I'm going to get joy. I'm going to be happy. But the first thing that we give up, if anything goes wrong, is this joy. We do everything to get joy, but we let go of it so easily. Right? That... That's not, that doesn't sound very smart. Joy is something that we have to hold on to. And here's the good news, guys. What we talked about last week was the fact that we already have joy. Say, I already have joy. Isn't that good? Last week we saw in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus Speaking of the devil says, the devil doesn't come except to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. And I, and I said last week that if the devil's primary goal is to keep people from getting saved. That was his plan for you. But he failed, right? We, we were saved. Now his plan and goal is to steal, not our salvation because he can't, but to, to, to steal our awareness of who we really are now. Because Jesus says, He came, He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life. Say life. And this life is the solution, right, to every single thing that we could ever need while we're living on this earth. Not just this earth, it's eternal. So that life that Jesus has given us, it literally has the potential to sustain you. It is everything that is going to hold you and sustain you for eternity. For eternity. You are carrying that inside of you right at this very moment. Just think about that. The very life that, that you are going to have for all of eternity. That's going to last for all of eternity. I mean, that's some quality life, right? <laughs> It's you already have it, I already have it. And inside of that life, as we saw, is the kingdom of God is is characterized by the life of God. Amen? The kind of life that God has, which He has now shared with us. We have been restored into the likeness of God. Let me tell you, you always hear me say this, but I have to say it again. We we are renewing our minds, right? We were created originally in the image and likeness of God. When we sinned, we lost the likeness of God. Now God has restored us back into His likeness. Because we have the life of God now. Amen. And in the life of God is the kind of is, is righteousness, peace, and joy, as we saw in Romans chapter 14 last week. So you already have it. So today 
I'm, I'm telling you, start with joy. Every single thing that you're going to do, that you do, that you're set out to do. Let me tell you, in this world, every person is doing things, even us. We've been doing it wrong if, if we've been doing it this way. We do things to find joy. We do things to arrive, say arrive, arrive. to arrive at joy. So it's almost like our premise is we don't have joy. We're going to get joy after this and this and that has been fulfilled. That's what we think. And so that's why the moment anything goes wrong, we're like, oh, I can't have joy because that was, that, was that was the source of my joy. But the truth is, God, when He restores you into His very likeness by being born again of the Holy Spirit, joy is a part of that life. Amen? Isn't that good? So you already have joy. That's why the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And you are in the kingdom of God because you, are, you look like God. And that's the place where you not only exist and live, but it's the place where you also rule. The Bible tells us that we, that we will reign, say reign, with Him. Right? God is the king. You're, you're of Him. You're of His seed. You're a king. You're a queen also. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? See, in the... On the, on the earth, right? On the earth, even to this day, there are some, there are some uh, countries where, where, where they have like a, a, a monarch system, right? There's like kings and queens. And what, when does a person become a king? It's when they're, or king or queen, it's when the, the, you know, the, the current king or queen passes away, dies, right? What do they gain? They now are no longer princes or princesses. They become what? King or queen. But it requires what? Death. God has, tells us that the kingdom, his kingdom, is our what? Inheritance. See, in the kingdom of God, becoming a king or a queen doesn't work the way it does on the earth because there's no death. Are you with me? Are you guys awake? There's no death. On the earth, you're, you're a prince, a princess. You're not the king. You're to be one. But in the kingdom of God, there's no death. <laughs> God is not going to die. <laughs> and God has already said to you and I, I gi I'm giving you my kingdom as your inheritance. It's already yours. Amen? This is some good news. So I already have it. This is who I am. This is my portion. This is my destiny. This is what I look like. The one thing that excites me more than anything is not even God giving me this and that. It's the fact that He's sharing His very life with me. Amen? He has given me that kind of life. So for us, joy is not supposed to be a destination. Say joy is not a destination. In the kingdom of God, guys, joy is not a destination. It's actually the starting line, the journey, and the destination. It's not just a destination. It is the place when we start, we start with joy. Amen? As we're going through it, as we're, as we're doing whatever we're doing, in the, in the journey, it's still joy. And the finish line also looks like joy. So we're not trying to get joy. We are joy. See, I am joy. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Paul writes that, that Jesus, him who knew no sin became sin so that we become what? The righteousness of God. You and I are not just righteous. We are the definition of righteousness. Are you with me? Are you with me? God is interested, let me tell you. His goal has, has always been, he saw on the earth, and he saw a bunch of sinners, people who have rebelled against them, right? And his goal wasn't just to make us righteous, it's, it was to make us so righteous, right? That we are the very definition and embodiment of righteousness. So, when we were born again, that's how we became righteous. When, we, when I was born again, I became not just righteous, I became the very definition of God's own righteousness. To the point that I can say, I am the righteousness of God. 
You want to know what God's righteousness looks like? Look at his. Look at me closely in the spirit and you'll see how pure and perfect I am and how much I look like God. That righteousness is due to the fact that I have the life of God. In the same way, God is not just interested in me being joyful, but me being the very embodiment of joy. Amen? So if I go after finding happiness and joy as I'm walking on this earth like every other person who does not know Christ and who's not in the kingdom of God, I am being foolish and I, and I have been fooled. Joy is already in me because of the life I have. Therefore, in whatever I do, I already do it because of the joy that's inside of me, not to get joy. Amen? Let me tell you this. When you have joy, you have the strength and fuel to accomplish everything in your heart. How many of you guys have dreams? Oh my goodness, I'm going to pray for some people afterwards. You have dreams? Raise, raise your hands high. Right? How many of you are passionate? You have like really passionate about things. I'm very passionate about everything. You know, Melu literally was telling me the other day, I had some business idea. She's like, oh my goodness, you're going to make the website by the end of the day for this business and have the LLC and everything. Because like if I get something in my head, I'm going to go after it, right? Passion. It's a, it's a good thing. And but what happens to us, and it happens to me all the time, and I have to check myself. This is something that God is teaching me for my own sake, and I'm sharing it with you. I'm not just trying to share a message, but God is saying to me, His, stop going after things to make you happy and joyful. You already have it. Amen? So what, what can happen to us because of our dreams and passions is we're like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to get this thing. And we get excited, we, we, we go, and it's like we have some sort of drive because we think it's possible. But as we're you know, running towards the visions, the dreams, the passions that we have in our heart, and they could be straight out of your spirit in the will of God. But as we are running after these things, what, what happens? Generally and always, you will hit some roadblocks. You'll meet challenges, right? What happens? What is the first thing we give up? That joy, that, that like drive that we had that was you know, running us. But that joy, only, we only give it up because that joy was dependent on the fact that we thought that our dream being fulfilled was possible. That's what we based it upon. So in the moment when we feel like that thing is not going to be fulfilled, we just drop. That's not the source of joy. The source of joy is what? The life that you have inside of you and the fact that you look like God. Nothing and no one is ever going to take that away. So we need to refocus. The only way you're going to be able to start with joy is by looking at what you already have. And what you already have is, already, is actually greater than your dreams. Are you with me? What you have already is greater than all of your dreams and passions put together. See, in, 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 in the realm of, of significance, and well, not even, I, don't know if, I don't know if significance is the word, but what is it? In, in, your identity sits here. Your dreams are below your identity, always. Your dreams and passions, when fulfilled, do not define you. You define your dreams. Your dreams and your accomplishments should not make you special. You make them special. Are you with me? So, my joy, if I'm renewing my mind and I'm looking at life the way God sees life, are you with me? I start by looking at the very life that I have. The fact that I look like God. So I start with joy. I'm empowered with joy. And because I'm looking at what's inside of me, I, I have faith, unshakable faith that whatever I do will happen. It's not just hope. It's not something I'm going to work really hard and it looks like it's going to happen. No, I know it's going to happen because I'm starting from the place of my authority and my identity. I look like God. Let me tell you, when God set out to create the universe, He woke up. He, well, He didn't wake up. He wasn't sleeping. But He... he, he <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that out. Um, he says, he said what? Let there be light. And he created light and heavens and the earth. Everything, right? The amazing thing is God knew. He knew without a doubt. He wasn't hoping, if I say this, will there be a spark? No, he, he knew that it would happen because why? He knew who he was. He was certain of his, who he is. The fact that he is God. Are you with me? And I'm sure he was already joyful. 
And he knew that creating the heavens and the earth did not make him more God than he already was. Because always we're like, God, even when I pray, you've heard me earlier, like, God, who, you, God who made the heavens and the earth. Like we always tell that to God as like his credentials, you know, PhD or whatever. Like, God, creator. Like, if you, even if you take away creator, he's still the same. It's the same with you and me. Your dreams, your passions, everything that you're doing. And why do you go after those things in the end? It's to give you joy. But God is like, I already started you with joy. Filled. The kingdom of God, which is the character of God and his sons and daughters. The character of that kingdom is righteousness, which you are. As we saw, 2 Corinthians 5.21, you are the righteousness of God, peace and joy. You're the very embodiment of those things. Those things are already your character. Amen? So because of this truth, we need to renew our minds and start from that place. Start with joy. Amen? By the way, uh, Psalm, Psalm 37.4. Go there if you can. This, this scripture is applicable here. So when we have joy, what happens? You have the strength now. You have the strength to accomplish and the fuel to accomplish all of those things that are in your heart. But what we usually try to do is we try to accomplish those things so we can find joy. And we're like running dry always. We're like, oh man, I'm just tired. Man. I'm just pushing through. Well, you're not, you're, where's your joy? Because what, what, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right? Nehemiah. So go, let's go to Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will what? And He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in God. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. So what does it mean to delight in the Lord? What does it mean to delight in God? Let me tell you. You cannot delight in God without delighting in His love for you. Ever. You can't ever spend time with God without spending time with His love for you. They're synonymous. That should bring us some freedom because sometimes we're like, oh, I gotta go spend time with God and we feel like you're with God and God is not pleased with you and God is not happy with you. Maybe he's kind of like, he, he has to, I mean, because of what Jesus did on the cross and all that, he can't cast me out, he's there. But have you ever had a friend, a loved one, maybe a lover hold you but they're kind of mad at you and they're still holding you anyway? You can kind of just sense like, that's how it is when me and Melu ever fight. Like, it was just like, just holding hands like, because we know you can't let go, right? Like I'm hugging her, but I know she's like, she's hugging me too, but I know she's not very happy. We feel... <laughs> oh, you'll understand one day, man. Uh, you, you understand... We have to understand... That whenever we're spending time with God, you're spending time with His love for you. Whenever you go to God and God is in front of you, it's, a, it's impossible to experience God apart from His love for you. It's who He is. So when He comes, He's like, hey, my love. That's what He's always saying. Hey, my beloved. You're my beloved. Amen? John understood that. That's why he's always saying, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Right? Because he understood that anytime Jesus is spending time with him, it's like he always felt loved by Jesus. So, delighting ourselves in God is not something where we're like, come on, bro, are you delighting in God, Sally? Come on, man, try harder. No, that's not, it's, it doesn't work like that. If you have to try to make it happen, it's hard to, you're not really delighting. It's a response. And you delight in God when you are in front of Him and He's loving you and you receive His love. You're there at that, at that moment. You are delighting in God. Because you're receiving His love for you. So something interesting happens. When we delight in the love that God has for us, you know what happens? Suddenly we find joy. You'll realize that there is nothing that can, that, that can make a person feel more, more happy and joyful than being loved. By anyone. Right? 
if you hang out with a, if the reason why you enjoy hanging out with your friends is because they love you. If they didn't, then you're being bullied. It's not really fun, right? You want to be around those who love you. And the joy of the Lord is really, to be honest with you, it's the joy that you, we get by receiving the love of God. Even when we, when we were born again, we received it because of His love. Right? Jesus, the expression of God's love for sinners. That's who He was. And we received His love. We were born again unto life and joy. But now what happens is, when we delight ourselves in God and His love for us, we find joy. And what happens is, this joy we get by delighting in God becomes the very strength to accomplish the desires of your heart. Breaking it down to scripture. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. The way God, one way God gives you the desires of your heart. It's not, it's not, it's not, this is, you know, it's easy to read this and be like, you know, when I delight in God, God is like, good job, here's your, here's your reward. And He gives you the desires of your heart. Like, this transaction is how we see it. But we need to stop looking God in that matter. We come to worship, we come to, you know, to church or even at home, we're like, let's worship God. We worship and God is like, good job guys, I'm going to pay you out with my presence. It doesn't work like that. We, we don't, I don't work, I, I never, I don't worship God for his presence. I have his presence. He dwells in me. I am one with him in spirit is what the word of God tells me. That is not what the purpose of praise and worship. I worship him because he's there because I'm not crazy and I'm speaking to someone who hears me and his presence is full in my life. Amen? So when I delight in God, there's joy in me. And the joy, you receive, the joy that we experience by receiving God's love for us is enough to empower and strengthen us to, 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 to cause every dream and desire in our hearts to come to pass. By the way, those desires are completely aligned to the, to the will of God because they're coming out of your very heart and your very spirit. Because it's, it's impossible to delight in God, to delight in, to delight in His love, and be like, oh, but what I want to do is sin. God, can you, can you strengthen me to do that? No. <laughs> Everything you want at that point is, is really, if you're delighting in God, everything you want is aligned to his desires. And he's like, even if it didn't start with God, it could have even started with you. God is like, yeah, that's something I would support. Because there is even creative ability inside of you to cause something to come forth. God says, you are the one who produced it, not me. You produced that thought. You produced that idea. And it's holy. Because let me tell you, God did not... <laughs> Not every single thing we do is like, God, like, I pre-planned this for you and you have to make it happen. What God has done is God is so creative, He has created creatives that can produce things out of them that is holy when they, when they do it out of their, their life, the life of God that's inside, the kind, God's kind of life that's inside of them. Amen? So we're not supposed to be doing anything for joy. We, when we delight in God, we find joy. And the good news is, like we said, when we were born again, we have already received this joy inside of us. And how do we access it? Because we don't always feel joyful. The reason is we're in a physical body that is not saved or redeemed. That's why this body is going to die one day. And I'm thankful for it. Because I do not want to be... If God said, oh, you wouldn't die, we just remain in this body forever. I mean, that's not fun. Right? What God has done is He's redeemed the you. The core of who you are, your spirit. You're already the same way you're going to be for all of eternity. But, you, but we exist in this broken body, in this broken world. And God is like, alright, one day this, has, this body has to go. You'll get a new body. Even this earth will pass away. I will, I will create a new heaven, new earth. Right? Like that's God's intent and desire in the end. That's what He's going to cause to happen. So how do I make that joy inside of me come out? I just need to look at God. Every single day. The way we can walk from the like according to the life that we have received through Christ Jesus is by going to God and be like, God, here I am. I, and He's like, I'm, I love you. And He's always pouring out His love and, and speaking to us and, 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 and holding us. That's what God is doing. If we open ourselves to that, man, you will awaken to the joy that's already in your heart. And that's enough to empower you. Amen? To cause your dreams to come to pass. You're not, say, say this, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be working for joy, but because of it. Amen? 
We're not supposed to be working for joy, but because of it. And when, when we do, something interesting happens. We will hit target 100% of the time. That's how it works. When we try to accomplish things, even if the thing is of God's, uh, is something from your heart, something in the will of God, something God says, I stand behind that, right? If we are doing that thing, not empowered by the joy inside of us, we, we get weak, right? Things happen. That's why Jesus said, and last week we saw John 16, he says he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. That's why last week's message was titled, Of Good Cheer. Your cheer is how you respond to any trouble you face. Because when you have cheer, which is basically courage, you will overcome the trouble. Amen? So now, when we are working not motivated by joy, we get weak. And when we, when we get weak, it's actually even possible not to go through with, with God's will for your life and miss something. Right? There are people on, on the earth who are not believers. They are very motivated. They go after dreams. Are they always successful? Do they always meet their goals? No, they don't. Right? They just do things and some succeed, some don't. The way it's supposed to be in the kingdom of God. Hear me out. The way it's supposed to happen for the children of God is if you, if you say you're going to do something, it has to happen. God says in Isaiah chapter 55, my word will not return unto me void. He's saying if I say something, it's going, it's going to happen. It's going to go do every single thing I have designed this word to do and it's going to make it happen. It's not going to come back to me fruitless. So when we... Do and act like God acts. And that is operating out of joy. Operating out of your fullness. Operating out of your identity. Your God-like identity. The life that's inside of you. That joy will strengthen you to push through and overcome anything. To hit target. Always. And that's when the world is like, what is going on here? Because you don't look like me. Because I can, I can make things happen. If, I, if I'm really good, I can even not fail like a good 98% of the time, but you're different. What is it about you? You're like, well, I, I look like God, man. I have the life of God inside of me. I See, you don't have the likeness of God anymore because you are, you're in sin, but I have been restored into the likeness of God. And I have the life of God in me. So what I say and what I set out to do happens. And even when I'm met with challenges, I respond according to the joy that's inside of me. How? By, by delighting in my, my Father's love for me. And I always succeed. Amen? Let me tell you, never work for any other motivator but joy. Don't work for fear. You work for joy, not for fear, not for guilt, not for insecurity. Amen? Because those are pretty good motivators. How many times do you ever do anything out of fear? I did some this week. Out of insecurity. How many times you say something, do something? Out of insecurity. They're very good motivators. Many people, actually almost all people are motivated by fear and they succeed. <laughs> They're just running like, I got to do this or else I'm going to be in big trouble. People are insecure. They feel like I got to accomplish this and I'll be somebody. So they just grind and work really hard and make something happen. And then the joy they were looking for, it's not there. Because joy doesn't come from that. It comes from life. Say life, please. It comes from the life of God. Amen? So with us... No, no, no. As, 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 as enticing as they may be, fear and, and, and insecurity, I'm not going to work for you. I work for joy. Amen? Let's go to Romans chapter f uh, 6. <laughs> play, play, play the organ for me. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, verse 15. Bless you. Romans chapter 6, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? And let me change the version here. Okay. Right. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but grace? Certainly not. Do you not know? Here's the part where I want us to focus. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey. Whether of sin leading to death 
or obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves, though you were, say were, slaves to sin, so it's past tense, <clears throat> yet you obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which were delivered. That's the gospel. And having been set free from sin, verse 18, you became what? Slaves of, say it, righteousness. You became slaves of righteousness. So therefore, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members or your body as slaves. Say as slaves. Of righteousness for holiness. Verse 16, Paul says, Do you not know that to whomever you present yourselves to obey, you become that the very thing's slave. You become a slave to that thing because you what? You're obeying it, right? Anything you obey, you're saying, I, 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 You're my master. The moment you obeyed, you became a slave to, to whatever you obey, right? Because you obey it. And, and he says, you were once slaves to sin because you obeyed sin. You said yes to sin every time you became slaves. Why? Because you chose to say yes to sin. And he says, but be, God be thanked, you heard the gospel, and you said, I receive it, and what happened? You are born again. And now he says, having been freed from sin, you are now slaves of righteousness. And, so, and, the, and, the, and he continues to say, I believe, verse 19, he says, now, don't, Go back and use your body to be a slave to sin again. At just in the past, you went. In the past, you presented your body. But it was more than your body. Your entire being, your spirit itself was a slave to sin. You chose to sin. But he says, now take your body and present it to God and to every situation as you, as, as you are a slave to righteousness. What he's telling you is, the, you, the real you, you look like God. And earlier as we saw in 2 Corinthians 5.21, you're not just righteous, you are the very definition of righteousness. That's how righteous God has made you. Literally, God is that secure in you being and how righteous you are, that he would say that you are his righteousness. If that's your reality, Paul is saying here, present your body, this body, according to the fact that you, you, the real you, your spirit is a slave to righteousness, right? So, just as we are called to treat our bodies and to express uh, to express in, the, in, in our walk here on this earth the righteousness, the perfect righteousness that's inside of us, we're also called to dis display, display and express joy in the same way. You see, whenever we go to fear or insecurity and we work for them, you know what, what we're doing? You are slaves to whomever you obey. You're going and you're saying, fear, I'll be your slave today. Oh, maybe just a day's not enough. I'll be there for the whole month. Maybe like, the next five years, I'll, be, I'll, I'll pray it out of you. You'll be my motivator for everything that I do. For how I do life, for my relationships, for my friendships, for my marriage, for anything. You're just, you're my motivator, fear. And, and insecurity, oh, there you are too. Uh, both of you can be my bosses. You know, right? Like, well, they're both the same thing. Uh, that's what we do. Although we are not slaves to those things. Same way, we are, we are perfect, free from sin. If God said it, then you are. If you're free, you're free indeed. It's like, it was, uh, God knew that we were really going to doubt that we're free from sin. We're like, but God, but I'm human. He's like, what? Like, you're free from sin. Why are you still sinning? That's what God says to us. The grace of God is not an excuse to be like, oh God, God knows how weak I am, so he's made it okay for me to do whatever. That's not what a grace is. Grace actually says, don't sin. You can't sin. What's wrong with you? We are called to live perfectly until the day we die, not just in beyond. It's possible. If anyone says, Oh, no, no, we're just humans on this earth. You know, we're always going to say never. That's a lie. That's, that's not the gospel. That's not the word of God. 
That's misunderstanding. The calling is you, ha you have the ability and you should. If you're in your mind and operate out of the right, because you're the righteousness of God. That's what's inside of you. It's possible. In the same way, we got to walk in joy. But what, we, what do we usually do? We, although we're free from sin, we go to sin. Sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it may be, we go to sin and say, I feel like being your slave today. Even though I'm not your slave, I'll act as if I am an end of my body. I'll, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> live in sin. Right? But God is saying, no, 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 kingdom of God. You're, in the king. you're, not just a, you're not just a citizen of the kingdom of God. You're ruled. You're a king, a queen in the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. It's who you are. Amen? So, say, say joy is my boss. Joy is my boss. Righteousness is my boss. Yeah. Joy is your boss. Amen? And by the way, joy, joy, joy has its own boss. It's, it's the life inside of you. <laughs> joy is your boss. And joy's boss is your life. So you're really the boss. Say I'm the boss. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. We're not supposed to be obeying those things and making them our slave, making them, you know, making, making them our masters. No. Because we've been freed from, from, from fear and insecurity. Right? The wicked flee when no one is chasing, but the righteous are what? As bold as a lion. They're, they're not insecure. They're bold, they're fearless. Amen? That's a result of righteousness in the life, which is right, our righteousness is a result of the life that we have. So we, we ought to be living as ones who are already slaves to joy. You are a slave to joy, just, just as you are a slave to righteousness. By the way, joy was Jesus' motivator. The reason why Jesus was successful in everything he did is because Jesus was a happy man. He was a happy guy. Seriously. I'm sure the reason why so many people followed Jesus wasn't just the miracle. He was generally happy. And happy people want to be around happy people. Because people are looking for happiness and they're depressed. So if you're happy, people will be around you. Isn't that true? Right? You never want to hang out with people that are just sad. and Because they bring you down. Jesus was, was happy. Hebrews 12.2. Uh, Go there if you can. Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12, 2. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll read it from verse 1. <clears throat> Therefore, all, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Jesus endured his, his daunting calling of the cross because of the joy set before him. Amen? Imagine a calling. I mean, most, you know, you might be, we're passionate, have dreams, callings, right? But I'm sure it's not to, to die. <laughs> right? Like, your calling is, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to do these things. And there's a purpose. Like, I'm going to accomplish things. Jesus' calling was, I am, he was the anointed one. You know, all of us have anointing, we're anointed. But Jesus was the Christ, meaning the anointed one. Right? That wasn't a fun name. It wasn't like, yes, I'm Jesus the Christ. You know how anointed I am? Man of God. It wasn't like, it wasn't, he wasn't walking around like that. Jesus' anointing meant he was going to go to the cross. That's what his anointing was. He was anointed to become the sacrifice that would produce sons and daughters of God. Us, namely. So his anointing wasn't something Jesus was like, oh, I'm so annoyed. It wasn't a fun, it was like, oh my God. Like, uh, he's like, uh, how, and he probably knew, he's like, man, I'm turning 30, two more, three more years. Like, it was tough. It was, not, seriously, it was like, so how did Jesus go through with something so, a calling that most of us would be like, oh, God, uh, can I just do something else, right? Like, that, that was his calling. It says, because of the joy set before him. 
This was the joy that strengthened him to follow through. And this joy, by the way, is, was what? The joy set before him was really you and I becoming alive again. Because we were the enemies of God, sinners, lost, eternally doomed. And Jesus is like, I'm going to bring them to life. The most amazing things I told you, joy starts with what? Life. The joy that we have. Again, you, you know, someone can be like, you just said that we're not supposed to be you know, joyful because of the destination. Because see, Jesus was looking up to the destination. That was his joy. So how did he start with joy? Because today's message is called Start With Joy, right? Because I'm telling you, don't look into the end of your dreams and goals to be like, that's joy you're supposed to start with. it. But Jesus is looking forward. Why did it work for Jesus? Only for Jesus. Because Jesus was looking at the life that you would have. Are you with me? That was his joy. And by the way, there's a right way to look forward to, to coming joy. Even in your dreams. Your, your dreams should make you happy at the end of it. There's a right way to, to, to look for them. But this requires w- walking with the joy inside of you right now. If you're walking according to the joy inside of you right now, according to the joy in your life, then you will, with the right perspective, look onto the joy that will come because of the fulfillment of your dreams the right way. But, but if you don't start with joy and just looking for your dreams being fulfilled, for that to bring you joy, you're not doing it the right way. You see, the joy that was set before Jesus, this joy that was in our life, right? Us becoming alive again. When Jesus was looking forth towards that joy, he was actually looking towards that joy already settled and founded on the joy he already had because of the life inside of him. He was already grounded and founded and set fully on the joy that he had in being the Son of God. He was already settled in his identity. That's why he was even qualified to go to the cross. Are you with me? If he wasn't settled in his identity as the Son of God, the life that he had inside of him, then what life was he giving us? Are you with me? Right? Because he was going to give up his life so that he would be completely separated from God and to make it possible for us to come back to him. Also, if Jesus wasn't already settled in the joy that he had, not the joy set before him, not you and I, the joy that he had, as he, was, as he would be looking for the joy that he would get by us being born again, that, 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 uh, that looking forth would not be one of faith. It would be just one of hope. Because he wouldn't be fully confident that, we would, that he would succeed in his mission and that we'd be born again. Are you with me? So if Jesus didn't already start with joy, if he wasn't rooted in his identity, even as he looked forward his, towards his goal, he'd be like, I'm going to go to the cross. It's going to be tough. I, I, I hope I save him. Because most of us are looking towards our goals. If, because we're not already settled in the joy that we have inside of our hearts. We're just hoping to accomplish things and be happy. As we're looking towards our dreams, we're not looking at them by faith. We're hoping that they happen. See, faith is hope with confidence. Many people have hope. I hope it will happen. But the only thing that will take your dreams being fulfilled and, and upgrade them from hope to, to faith is when you become rooted and grounded right now in the life that's inside of you. When you look inside the life that you have inside of you right now, you are filled with joy. And that joy, the starting point, start with joy. You can take that joy and as you look forth. Now you're looking at it with your life, with your joy, and your dreams, you know that you're going to succeed and hit the mark 100% of the time. You're looking at it the right way. And now you're not just looking hopefully, hoping that they would happen. You're looking at them knowing that they would happen. That's why Jesus, the joy that was set before him was real. He was sure of it. He, was, he knew. He knew that he was going to go through with the cross. That he was going to completely fulfill God's plan for his life. And that you and I will be born again. Amen? Are you guys with me? Did I lose you? 
I think I did. But it's okay. I'll preach it again next week. Amen? So you have to be rooted in your joy right now and who you are, even as you look forward to the fulfillment of your dreams. Because that's where faith comes from. That's basically what I'm saying. If you want to look at the, towards the future, knowing that something will happen, look at it through what's inside of you right now. Amen? A person who keeps their joy, no matter what happens around them, keeps everything. Things can be taken from you. As you're living life and doing things, you may lose friends, you may lose relationships, you may lose finances, you may lose things that are happening around you. It's just, this is a fallen world. Even Jesus said what? It happened to him. In this world, you'll have many trouble. I know, I've been in this world. Jesus, the son of God, who walked perfectly, experienced trouble. He was in a boat, and the boat started sinking. I'm like, what? Jesus is, but that's the special boat that Jesus is on. Why would it sink? A storm would dare to push aside, you know, push from left to right the, the, the boat that Jesus is in? Yes. Right? So if, if storms come, it's cool. It doesn't mean, like, it's going to come against me too. But what? If Jesus could cause the boat from, sink, you know, from sinking, if he could cause the wind to leave, that's what we're called to do. Amen? See, if we say, like, you know, trouble comes to, and yeah, it's just, if we, if we, if we, if we just say that, that's a problem. Because that we're being unlike Jesus. Jesus did not say, oh, trouble comes, you know, yeah, just be, just be happy and go through it. No, be happy and you, you will overcome it is what he's saying. Keep your joy no matter what happens. Amen? Things can be taken from the side. Your joy should never be touched. See, even if things are taken away, our, show, our joy should remain. And joy is how we get them back. It's how we get back more than what was taken away even. Amen? It's creative. Joy is supernatural. It's an expression. Joy is an expression of your spiritual life and your spiritual authority. That's what joy is. It really is. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. And we'll close with this. Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart or a cheerful heart does good like medicine. Say like medicine. But a broken spirit drives up the bones. A merry heart does good, will do you good like medicine. Or a joyful heart, right? Joy is medicinal. Literally it is. Joy is what the scripture teaches us is that joy it has the power and is literally the solution and antidote for all issues it does good like what like medicine when do you take medicine What's when there's an issue when something is broken right in your body you take medicine and it's, you get better right joy is literally the medicine we apply are you with me it's not just a physical thing. It's not emotions. It's this, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Many other things that have been listed there for us. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and wisdom, and revelation, and depth, and angels. We can say so many things, right? Like this is given to us so that we know joy. This is one of the most important things you need to you need to keep in your life. That you're not allowed to go without joy. A joyful heart. The, re, the way you're going to find strength to live a life, to accomplish your dreams, to do anything is joy. Even when things are taken away, joy is the solution, the fix we apply. Amen? But it says the broken spirit dries up the bones. You know why? Why it's drying up the bones? Your bones are literally what are, what are, what are holding you, you up. Without, without a skeletal system, what happens? You're just mushy, you know, right? It's literally your strength, your movement, everything is in, in your bones. No joy means no strength. Lack of joy. Broken spirit. 
depressed, what? Dries up the bones. You got no strength to do anything. Amen? The good news alert. The context is this is written in the Old Testament. Merry heart. Heart and spirit. Synonymous. The spirit is who you are. The good news is my heart, my spirit looks like God's. And all God is asking me to do is like, hey, his, present your body, present your mind, your thoughts, your emotions as one who's what? Who's been raised from death to life. One who is a slave to righteousness, not just, but also a slave to joy. Amen? Amen. So, message for today is start with joy. Me and Mila were talking about this all week. Anytime something would happen that would try to you know, get us down, some things would happen. Even me. I, I remember one, one, one morning I woke up and uh, I'm typically happy, but one morning, that morning I was just like, Mila was like, what is, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know, something's not working or whatever. Like, you know, I'm just, and I had to literally remind myself of what I'm talking about here and be like, joy. And, and then, you know, 30 minutes later I was a happy dude, ran into Steve at Cali's and we just, you know, we're just talking, right? But literally, we have to, no matter what happens, keep your joy. If something gets taken away from you, something's not working out, let that thing go, but not your joy. Amen? Your joy is how you even get that thing and more back. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Let's just, right now, Just delight ourselves in God. And that just means to receive His love for us. God is pleased with you. He's not angry. He's not upset. The good news is, even when, when, you, when you have done wrong, and, and you're walking imperfectly, you're walking in sin, although you're not a sinner, although you've been born again, God, does, is not, God doesn't get angry with you. There's actually a promise in Isaiah chapter 54 where God literally says, I will, this, this will be like the waters of Noah to me. Just as I said, I would never destroy the earth again with the, with the flood. I will never be angry with you nor rebuke you. And Isaiah 54 comes right after Isaiah 53, which is the, 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 the prophetic prophetic word about Jesus going to the cross. So what we get at the after Jesus going to the cross is we get life. We get a promise from God that he would never be angry with you nor rebuke you. What does God, what happens when, when, when you do something wrong? What happens when you sin as a believer? God's heart breaks for you. He's not angry with you. He's broken for your condition. And he's calling you with his love to say no. That's why there's no condemnation. Otherwise, there would be condemnation. Instead of condemnation, the Holy Spirit comes and He's like, come to me. Let me show you who you are. You, you, you fell and sinned because although you were a slave to righteousness and you look like me, you, for, you forgot that. You, you, were, you acted as if you are a slave to sin, but you're not. In the same way, God is saying, come to me. Let me show you who you are. Let me show you what you look like. <laughs> 